You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we are kicking off a, uh, a campaign today, church-wide campaign, that we've titled Be the Message. And so uh, maybe there are some of you that walked in today and you looked uh, at, the, at the platform and you saw on the back this emoji and you were like, is this blasphemous or what in the house of God that they have this emoji just staring at us? How many of you know what that emoji is? What is it? It's a message. Okay. So anyone know in here? Anyone in here text? Have you ever sent a text message? Anybody in here ever sent a text? No. Yeah, every, every person. So we're kicking off this campaign, and it's titled Be the Message. It's, it's based on a, a book of, of a, uh, that was written by a pastor and wife out of Houston, Texas. And the pastor's name is Carrie. His wife's name is Chris. And they wrote this book called Be the Message. And the whole thrust of it is that they were tired of, of plain church. Uh, they got to the place in their lives where, uh, where they felt in their hearts that it was kind of routine. Uh, they go to church. They preach messages. Uh, but it just became something that they would say. And maybe the, may their church body or whatever, it wasn't being lived out. And so the Lord began to stir uh, Carrie. And he began to stir Chris. And, 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 and they, they began to, to, to put this, their, their hearts together, their minds together, and they brought it to their church body that, that, uh, that uh, Christianity is, is not a religion, but Christianity is a relationship with the Savior of mankind. And, and because we have that relationship with the, the risen uh, Savior, the risen Lord, that we should be making a difference uh, as he makes a difference in our life we should be making a difference in others in our life. And so that, that was the whole thrust of, of what was going on that birthed uh, this, this book. And, and it's, it's impacted them. It's impacted people around the, uh, the, the nation as they've embraced uh, that, that mindset. And it reminds me of, of this guy in history. His name was Francis. And uh, he was from a town in Italy called Assisi. And they call him St. Francis of Assisi. And, and he said these words. He said, uh, you should preach the gospel everywhere you go. And if necessary, use words. Ain't that cool? You know, you should, you should preach the good news. That's what the gospel is. You should preach the good news that Jesus came to, to uh, t- take your failures, take your mistakes, to die on a cross but not only to die on a cross for your sins, to, to, to shed his blood so you could be forgiven. Not only for that, but he, he was raised from the dead and he conquered the grave so that we could have this new life, this new start. He said, preach, preach the gospel everywhere you go. And if you need to, use words. In other words, live it out. Live out this, this newfound faith. And so um, we are going to, to uh, embrace that. And, and my prayer and my invite uh, to each person that's here in the second service, is that you will join us in, uh, in embracing everything that God has uh, for you uh, as you become 
the message, not just hear the message. I think, I think people are probably tired of hearing messages all the time and not seeing substance with the message, right? It's very easy for us to preach messages. It's very easy for us to hear messages. But how many times do we not put those messages into practice? And I really believe that the Lord's going to speak to us during these six weeks uh, and the Holy Spirit is going to empower each person so that we can begin to walk it out. So you may be here and you've never, you maybe, maybe have never put your faith in Jesus and, and I believe you're, you're at the right place because God's going to speak to you. You may be here and you have placed your faith in Jesus, but maybe you're in a place in your life where you feel uh, maybe low and, and you don't feel effective. God's going to speak to you where you're at, and maybe you're here, and you're doing fantastic, and God's going to speak to you where you're at, because all of us together are the message of God. He's made a difference in each of our lives, and he desires to make a difference in each of our lives. And so we're going to go to a place in Scripture, the Gospel of John, and we're going to start out with the first chapter. We're going to look at that. Uh, the first five verses for sure, and then we're going to read uh, verses 9 through 14 as well. And let me pray before we go into the Word and, and, and read the, 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 this passage of Scripture. Father, thank you, for, thank you for every person that's sitting here in this second service, Lord God. And thank you, Lord, for uh, more importantly that you're here with us uh, as I uh, begin to read this passage of, of, of the Bible, I pray your blessing upon every ear, every listener, Lord God. I pray for every heart, uh, that, uh, Lord, that our hearts will be receptive to, to what you have for each of us. I am just your messenger, Lord God, so I pray that I will uh, speak through uh, the, 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 the power and, and the clarity of your Holy Spirit, that I will speak uh, some things that will benefit, Lord God, every person that's here today. And that, uh, Lord, that uh, when we leave here, that every person will, will desire to, to not only hear a message, but to be the message. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So it starts out like this. It says, in the beginning was the word. And just quickly, we're going to pause. The, the, the literal word, the, the Greek word there is logos. And what that word means is the divine meaning of, of order of everything that exists, uh, the meaning of, of reason, how we, how we reason things out. It's an it's a explanation of, of, of everything that is, everything that was, everything that will be. The, this, this is a, the beginning. What, in the beginning was the Word. And it goes on and says, And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So it goes from the description that this word is a meaning of life and it's the, the logos. But now it's, it's a person. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has ever been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it. And the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who have received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but they're born of God. And the word became flesh. In other words, he took human form and made his dwelling among us. And so as, as, let me just pause right there. The apostle John, as he's penning, it, penning this, he's giving us an explanation that this word uh, uh, became this human and, and that John himself witnessed his glory, the glory of the one and only who, became, uh, who came from the Father, who was full of grace and truth. Now the word is Jesus. And he came to accomplish the gospel. He came and, and, and accomplished the good news. He came to, 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 to live a life that was perfect in a human, in human form. He came to, uh, uh, to help people in their, in their deepest needs. Uh, he healed the sick. He delivered those that were oppressed. He raised the dead. And he went to the cross and he died for the sins of all mankind. Every failure, every mistake, every problem that we've caused. He came and he died and, and he shed his blood so that he could cleanse every person of, of our unrighteousness or our no righteous standing. And, and then he rose again on the third day. And that's what we celebrated last week on, on Easter. We celebrated that, that Jesus is alive and well and that because of that, all of us have hope. And all of us have direction and we have guidance and we can face today and we can also face tomorrow because of Jesus, right? And that's the gospel. It's good news. It's, it, it's wonderful. And, and, uh, and, and, it, and it also speaks to us because Jesus became this human and, and, and it tells us that he identifies himself with us so he understands whatever we're going through. He can relate because he took on human form. And so... We hear this message, and, and, and we wonder, um, it's, 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 it's a wonderful message, but what does it mean to us? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? It means that there can be life change. It means that there can be a, a, a newness. It means that you can walk in, in some, some power and in some, some, some great uh, accomplishments. And, and, and there's something that I want to you to grab a hold of is every person in here has a life message. Every one of us, you are a message to your friends and to your family. Every single person in here is speaking something out of their life. We all, we all are a, a life message to those around us. And, and so my hope is that we can grab a hold of, of our life message which is in Christ. And, and here's what I want you to grab a hold of is that my unique expression of, of Christ to this world, I can be a unique expression of Christ to my, to my family, to my peers, to those that I work with, to those that, that I go to school with. You can be a unique expression of Christ and his message to those that God has placed in your life. Because every person in here is unique. There's no one like you. In fact, you're unique to your friends. You're unique to your, to your circumstances. You're unique to the town that you're in, to your neighborhood. You are in a place that only you can be. And so you're this unique expression of Christ to your world. And how, or, or, you're, you're, or you're not, right? You're either a unique expression of Christ to the world or you're a unique expression of what Christ is not. 
to the world. And I pray that I can be a unique expression of Christ to my world and not a unique expression of what Christ is not to the world. Amen? I think it was Gandhi that said, it's Jesus I love, it's Christians that I, that I don't want anything to do with. Gandhi said that. If, it was, if, it was, if, if these Christians would act like this Jesus, I think I'd become a Christian. Gandhi said that. And so how can we be this unique expression of Christ to our world? I've got three, three things that I want to share. Here, here's the first one. The first thing we have to do is we need to listen for the divine whisper. Sometimes we think God needs to yell at us to get our attention. In fact, I think sometimes preachers get it all wrong. When, when, when we scream at people like if God really needs to yell at them to get their attention. You ever been yelled at by a preacher? Huh? Last week? You know, some people, have, I've heard them say things like, you know, God just needs to hit them over the head with a two-by-four to get their attention. You ever heard that? God just needs to knock them over the head with a two-by-four to get their attention. But the truth is, God gets our attention usually in a, in a still, small voice a lot more than by screaming at us. You know what gets our attention by screaming at us? Our circumstances. Our failures scream at us. The things that we've done wrong, the thing that takes you to that place, like, what am I doing? What, what, why did I do this? And those, those circumstances, those, those failures, they scream at you like, what did you do? Look at you. You're no good for nothing. And Jesus is whispering to you saying, I love you. I care for you. And when you discover your life message and you align your life with it by listening to the divine whisper your life is changed but you can't hear the divine whisper when you're always talking we can't hear that divine whisper when there's a lot of noise all around us and and if if there's a point that spoke to me in this message to me as James Reese to me as pastor James it was all the noise that I have that surrounds me. If you go in my office, you know, the staff would tell you that I usually have praise and worship music going on. I always have something in the background. And I'll justify it like, you know, well, God inhabits the praises of his people. Get all religious, right? God inhabits the praises of his people, and he does. But can I tell you, sometimes God wants me to be quiet. There's always things that are, that are coming at us. We went to this elders retreat uh, 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 two years ago, and, and when we went, I don't, I don't know if you remember Paul and Mike, we, we got there. The first thing that, that, that this leader, we had a leader that came in and led the retreat. The first, the first thing that she uh, brought to us is, I want you guys to have a time of quiet reflection, and I want you to stop talking. Don't talk amongst each other. Don't talk to your spouses, and I want you to try to hear the voice of God. It was the most awkward evening for me. In fact, we got back to our cabin, Shauna and I. We were away from everybody, and I said, hey, babe, 
And she went like this. I want to talk. It was the most awkward time. It was, it was, it was foreign. And then there was a breakthrough. There was a breakthrough. It was a very beneficial time. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that there's some of us in here that, that there's always noise in your life. There's always things going on in your life, and you never get any quiet time. And so you cannot hear the voice of God. That divine whisper that's going to direct you in your life. You know, Elijah the prophet, he, he had just done a great thing for God. He had, he had done this, this wonderful deed. It's, it's, like, it's like J.J. When, when, he, when he, those words that he said, it probably freaked some of you guys out. Or maybe you didn't even, even hear it. Maybe it went over your head. He said, we, we're, we're, he said, we are in this place right now. And he said, we're having an Easter hangover. I said, we're having a holy, a holy hangover. You know, where, where we ministered to over 600 people. We prepared for, for, for all these people last week for Easter. And we, this place was filled. Our overflow was filled. Our other campus was filled with people. And, and you get to this place and, and it drains you. You know, you just, you give everything to God. You, God works through you. He does all these great things and wonderful things were accomplished. People gave their life to Jesus. Just like today, people will give their lives to Jesus. But we pour everything out. And Elijah was at that place. He had gone and done a work for God. And he came to this place that he was emotionally, drained. He was, he was physically drained. He was spiritually drained. And so he goes and he needed the, the direction of God because he was discouraged. And maybe there's someone in here that you're, you're in this place in your life. You're discouraged. You're drained. You just got so much pressure, but you've got so much noise. And this is what happened in, 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 to Elijah in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. It says this. It says, as, as Elijah is, is, is seeking God, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. So he said, I want you to go to this mountain. I want you to climb up the mountain. Get there, Elijah, because the Lord is about to pass by. And so Elijah goes, and, he, and, and then a great and powerful wind, it tore the mountains apart, and it shattered the rocks before the Lord. All these things, powerful. I don't know how that's the way, the way the wind went, but that's how it went to me. And I'm telling the story. And so this, this, this wind broke rocks, did all this. It was loud. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind there, or after the wind, there was an earthquake. And think about an earthquake. Especially if the Lord has something to do with it. And it split mountain and did all kinds of things. Great, great noise. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, now check this out. This is amazing. Wow. Tornado winds. Earthquake. And then a fire. And if... Any of us, we, we know fires because this, this area, this, this uh, geography here in Arizona, we have some of the worst forest fires, right? We, get, we have some of the fires that devastate. There was a fire. Now, if God's a part of a fire, that was a fire. This great fire. And I'm yelling. 
but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And God began to speak to Elijah. Will you do me a favor? Can you, can you do the pastor a favor? Can you underline a gentle whisper in your outline? Can you do that? You know, God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. God spoke to Samuel as a child in a gentle whisper. He speaks to us in a gentle whisper. The problem is that we're, we're always talking and we can't hear his, his gentle whisper. We're, we always have noise going, uh, the stereos blaring, the television or the internet. We're always around a lot of people or crowds. We, 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 there, there, there is a time that we've got to get alone. We have to get silent before God so he can, he can uh, give you your voice because we can never have the voice of God until we hear the voice of God. Are you with me? You will never give you will never get the voice that God has for you for your world until you hear his voice for you in that quiet place. And sometimes we have to take a walk. Two things stand out for me. This 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 young man I was talking to, he said, you know, I I I, I began to practice quietness because I've got so much going on. And he got in this leadership group, and, 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 and if this leadership group, this crazy secular leadership group, said, you need to start reading. And, and part of the curriculum in the reading was for him to read the Bible. <laughs> this is not a Christian group. This is a secular group. And he said, read the Bible. And then the second thing was for him to get quiet and have some time of quietness. He said, the first time I did that, I got anxiety because I always have my phone. I always have something going on. I'm always texting. I'm always sending an email. I'm always, he said, I actually got anxiety the first time. See, all of us have so much noise going on that we can never stop to listen to God. So we want to do something that's really big for the Lord. And, and so we think that he's, in, these, he's in, the, in the violent wind. He's in the earth-shaking earthquake and in the all-consuming fire. And so some of you guys are thinking earth, wind, and fire. Hey, I'm going to turn on my Pandora station to earth, wind, and fire. But here, here's the deal, beloved. I, I really believe that God is directing us in this campaign to listen to the divine whisper. And here's what I would like for us to do. On your back of your outline, will you, will you pull out your outline? On the back of the outline, there's, there's, a, there's a spot that says 21 minutes. And I, I would love for every person uh, to, to join us as as we take 21 minutes for the next 21 days and in those 21 minutes that we are quiet and we have some time of solitude and go back to the basics of, of practicing uh, that discipline of, of, of quietness and solitude. 21 minutes before you go into your day 
or maybe uh, at night, 21 minutes, maybe at noon. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever is your best time where you can just get silent before God. 21 minutes to just listen to God. And, and we want you to read one chapter in the book of John every day. And just let God begin to impress things upon your heart and for him to begin to refresh your soul. And I would even say this, you can, you can uh, read in your Bible app, in your phone, or on your tablet or computer, but I would love for us, to, if, you've got, if you have a Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, I'd love to give you a Bible that you could pull out your Bible and maybe you can write some things down as you are quiet before God and as you're listening to him and maybe write some things down that the Lord whispers to you as you're reading. And that it stands out and, and it goes into not only your, your ears, but into your heart. And we begin to, to grow. There are 21 chapters in the book of John. So for the next 21 days, once a day, 21 minutes to recharge your soul, to nourish your spirit, to start learning how to listen to God. And then it's at that time that I believe that we'll find our voice. And then we'll be able to listen to others the way that God listens to us. James, James wrote this. He said, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to become angry. And I want you to think about that. Don't we usually do the opposite? Usually, uh, most of us are very uh, slow to listen. In fact, when people are talking to us, we're already thinking about what we're going to say before they're even done with their, with their, with their uh, dialogue. And, and we're, we're, uh, um, we're quick to speak. And we're quick to become angry. And there may be someone in here. I, I, I mentioned this first service. There may be someone in here that you're angry at a situation or you're angry at a person or you're angry at a, at a, at a, a co-worker. And I believe that in these 21 days, even before they're over, that the Lord is going to impress on your heart, number one, first of all, how much he loves you. But even more than that, how much he loves them. And even more than that, how much he can fill you with his love so that you can love people with his love. I believe that there can be transformation, but there will never be transformation if we don't stop and be quiet. You see, my marriage won't become what it's called to become in God if I don't ever listen to my wife. My relationship with my with my young adults, it'll never get to where God wants it to be if I don't listen to them and my friendships. I had two, two very uh, incredible conversations this week with two young, I'd say young people. One of them was in their mid-20s and one of them was probably in their late 30s and, and uh, both of them were, were incredible in that, um, in that God was was showing me how much he loved those people. And hearing his voice and, and feeling his heart. But we can't do that if we don't stop and be quiet before God. Amen?
So the second thing is we need to recognize your, sa- your sacred shout. Recognize your sacred shout. You know, C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pain. God shouts to us in our pain. He shouts to us in our failures. He shouts to us in our mess. And, and, and usually that's what gets our attention when, when these things begin to transpire in our lives, that, that our life is headed in the wrong direction. He shouts to us, but when we turn to listen to him, then he whispers to us with compassion and grace and love. The Bible says that the word became flesh, and that Jesus became human so that he could understand our emotions, he could understand our, our thinking, so he could understand our pain, so that he could love us when we think that nobody understands us. One of those individuals that talked to me this week had made some bad choices in their life, and they had to come and, 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 and meet, and I, I brought Janet in uh, to come, and we, we prayed with her after, after she said, I'm, I'm committing my life to God, and the one thing that the Lord uh, just poured into my heart is I listened intently to, to her pain, and the choices that, that had been made was that we serve a, a, a Savior who doesn't condemn us, but he restores us. And it took a big, a big, 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 big step of obedience for her to come and even tell me the things that were going on in her life. But God's going to bless her for doing that. And he's going to bless you for doing what he called you to do. You see, God takes your mess and he turns it into a life message. Do you know that? I think, I think that there's people driving down the road, Highway 77, there's people that see you and they see me and, and they think, you know, you go to this church and it's this, these, these people, these perfect people that don't have any problems, that don't ever mess up, that don't do anything wrong. That's, that's the kind of people that go to church and it could be further from the truth. We are all flawed and we need a perfect Savior. And usually what happens is that God will give us a platform when we, when we stop trying to talk to people like if we have it all together. And we're real with people and say we're, we don't have it all together, but he does. And he restores lives. He changes circumstances. He changes hearts. So I'm doing this funeral yesterday, and, and, and as, I'm, as I'm speaking uh, and giving a message, uh, there's this young lady that was sitting in, in, in the seats and probably in her 40s. And as I'm talking, um, I could just see on her, because as I'm looking, I can see people that are really embracing a message. You're, you're engaged. You're, you're, I can see faith sometimes. I can see in, your, in the way that you look that there's faith there. You're believing that this is true. So this young lady, I mean, God was all over her. So I got done with the a, with a, with a, uh, service, and I went and shook hands, and I saw her, and I said, you know what? Jesus is all over you, because you can just tell when Jesus is all over someone. And as I'm walking out, uh, she, she kind of jogs to me, and she pats me on the back, and she says, I, I, I want to tell you something. And she began to tell me some of her life story. And her life story, a part of it 
was uh, 19 years ago, she said, I got on a bus uh, and I had a duffel bag of marijuana that I was uh, transporting from Deming, New Mexico. I said, interesting, I'm from Lordsburg, New Mexico. (laughs) She said, I know your family. I said, I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. (laughs) I'm not going to go into all of that. But as, we're, as, as, as she's telling me, her, sharing her life, she said, I had, a, I had a duffel bag of marijuana, and I had, a, I had a kitty cat that was strayed that we found in the desert as I got on the Greyhound bus. And the reason I went on the Greyhound bus is because they have no checkpoints when you're on the Greyhound bus. So I got to Tucson. And did away with the, the bag of marijuana through circumstances, through the shouts of our circumstances, through the shouts of our failures. She said, I gave my life to Jesus, and he's changed my life completely. I'm not that person anymore. She said, I left the marijuana, but I kept the cat. And that cat's still alive to this day. 19 years ago, she said, I found that kitty. It was a kitten, and now it doesn't have any teeth. It's a cat without no teeth. But she said this, she said, in, in, in all of this that God has done in my life and he's changed me, he's transformed me. I'm a new person. He spoke to me, she said, and only you understand this. When God has spoken to you in your life, you understand that you heard the voice of God. You heard the divine whisper. He, she said, he spoke to me and he said, don't ever forget from where you came. Don't ever forget from where I came brought you from and delivered you from. Don't ever become a person that thinks you have it all together. Always remember that I saved your life and your soul. And guess what she does now? She works with people that are coming out of prison. And she gets them jobs. She gets them housing. She works to help them on the road of recovery. She said, I've been free for 19 years through the power of Jesus. And so God will speak to us and he'll shout to us through our circumstances and he'll whisper to us with a divine voice saying, I love you. I have a plan for you. I'm never going to let you go. And there's someone in here that God is even speaking to you right now and you can feel it in your heart that God is stirring your heart telling you, I love you. I've got a plan for your life. I'm never going to let you go. I'm going to stand with you even though people have failed you. I am not like people because I'm Jesus. And you're going to make it. There's someone here you need to know you're going to make it because God is with you. And if God is for you, there is nothing or no one who can be against you. Not your past. Not your present circumstance. Not your future problems. You will make it because of Jesus Christ. The third thing you need to embrace, you need to embrace your holy disturbance. Not only do I listen for the divine whisper and, and recognize my sacred shout, but I have to embrace my holy disturbance. Psalm 
What you'll find out in your life message, what you'll find out is when you embrace how you become the, the, uh, the, the person of Christ to, to those that he's placed in your life, the, the, the testimony of Christ is that you'll, you'll find that God will move you out of your comfort zone in one phase after another phase after another phase. Sir Francis Drake, he said this, he said, disturb us, O Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. See, we're, we're people who want comfort all the time. We want comfortable seats. We want comfortable church surroundings. We want to be comforted with, with what we have. We live in a very, very, very comfortable society. But there's a holy disturbance that the, that, that the Holy Spirit does inside of his people, and that is to take you out of your comfort zone into a place that you can only accomplish it with the power of the living God. There are things that God wants to do in and through not only you as an individual, but through Living Word Chapel that can only be accomplished through the power of the living God. I love the way that the, that the message paraphrase puts uh, 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 John 1.14. It says, the word became flesh. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Because when you think about it, Jesus became flesh and blood. The word, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was who? Was God. God, God in, in humanly form came to this earth and, and he dwelt among us and he went, went into the neighborhoods. He went into the streets and he dwelt among people and, and, and there, was a, there was a holy disturbance. He was comfortable on his throne in heaven, but he, was, he allowed himself to be disturbed for our sake. And our neighborhoods, beloved, our neighborhoods are filled with people who need the love of God, who need the restoration of God, who need the forgiveness of God. But the problem with that, the problem with that is when we begin to be used by God, it's going to disturb you. Amen? You have to be willing to be disturbed. And to be the message, we have to be willing to be disturbed. So here, I have two action steps, and then we're going to close this service. And we're going to trust the Lord that he's going to direct us for the next five weeks. And so the first action step is this. You can do more than nothing. You think that's a correct statement? You can do more than nothing. We can all do more than nothing. I can do more than nothing for the person that I can help. I can, I can make all the difference in that person's life. And as a church, we can decide together that instead of being aware of things, I mean, there, there's so much information, you know, like uh, you know, we're in the 2% of people that, that are not in the poverty line across the, 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 the globe. We're in the 2%, and we can know that 
but we can do something about it. We can, we can go as a team to, to Guatemala, which we're going as a team to Central America. We've got about 13, 14 people that are going to Central America. They're, they're going to drill a water well. They're going to give a village that's never had fresh water water. We're doing that as a church together. We're sending. They're going. We can do more than nothing. All this information that, that we have, and we can do more than nothing. And then the second thing is we can love the one in front of you. Did you know that? We can love the one in front of you. And I know some of you are sitting behind Ronnie Llewellyn, and I say, you don't understand it's Ronnie, and you can love him. I, I guarantee that with the love of Christ, you can love him. Or Bino, you know, you got Bino in front of you. You're like, I don't know if I can love Bino. I say, yes, he can. He's lovable. He's lovable. And so here's, here's, what, I, here's what I want you guys to, to kind of process as we begin to close. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to have a, uh, a, a ministry and missions fair. And we're going to have a lot of our, our missions and ministry uh, opportunities that are going to be available. We're going to have tents. We're going to have people stationed. We're going to have... Uh, hamburgers and hot dogs and we we have to have that because that's the only way that we can get Paul to go to our missions fair but we're gonna we're gonna come together and we're we're gonna realize there's there's two things beloved that last forever there's two things that will endure forever the first thing that will last forever is God's word the Bible says this it says that the grass withers and flowers fade but the word of God stands forever and the other the other thing is that lasts forever is not thing is people you see people are going to go into eternity and they're either going to go into eternity in the kingdom of God or they're going to go separated from the kingdom of God into a place that we hate to talk about when you're saved out of that place, it's amazing because you don't have to worry, right? You don't have to worry because you're in God's hands. The devil doesn't have his hands on you anymore. You're in God's hands. You've given your life to Jesus. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to take as many people as I can to heaven with me because I'm going to heaven. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yes, it has everything to do with God. He did it all. He paid the full price, and I want to take as many people as I can to, to heaven. How many of you want to take as many people as you can to heaven? Through Jesus. You know, the Bible says, it says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ. The, the things that I was before Christ, I'm not that person anymore. That, that, that young lady, that, that, that lady that, that spoke to me that 19 years ago, she had a duffel bag full of pot and took it from Deming, New Mexico to Tucson, Arizona and gave away the, I mean, did away with the pot life, did away with that life, did away with the, the meth, did away with all these things. And she's new in Christ. She's a new person. She's shown she was like a light. I saw everybody just like when I look out at you guys, some of you guys shine because you've got the brightness of God all over you. Some of you guys got this. And that's okay. That's where you're at. That's, where, that's your choice. You think it's religion. It's not religion. It's a relationship with the Savior. That's why we get so excited. And I spit whenever I talk. Because I have a relationship with the Almighty. I talk to Him every day. 
He says, we are God's masterpiece. Now, that's incredible. I'm God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece if you're in Christ. And you're created new in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Some of you guys need to know it's time to do some good things for God. It's time for us to do some good things for God. And the only way that we can do that, I'm going to whisper, the only way that you can do that is to get out of your seat and do it for God. To get out of your seat and do it for God. To get out of your seat and do it for God. And let me tell you something. There's someone in here you think, I'm aged, I'm, I'm past my prime. Oh, let me tell you, Moses didn't start till 80, bro. Let me tell you, if you're 80 years old and you're here, you're in good company. You're in good company. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to join me in this prayer. And if, if you're here today, a part of this prayer is going to invite you to become a, a follower of Jesus. And this, God doesn't want you to be religious. God wants you to, you to enter into this relationship with him forever. It's done. Once you say, God, I need you, I want you, I'll follow you, I give my life to Jesus, it's done. So let's pray this prayer. God, thank you for showing me the importance of active faith. You're a savior and a Lord of action. You acted on my behalf when I needed mercy and grace by sending Jesus to save me through the cross at Calvary. And now I want to receive that love and, and that grace and I want to pay it forward. Not for my salvation, but because of it. I pray for those here today that have never received you into their life, that they would join uh, the, the, the hundreds that have come into a relationship with you at Living Word Chapel and the, the, the thousands upon thousands that have trusted in you outside of Living Word Chapel and that they would say this prayer in silence, in the silence of their hearts in this defining moment. So this is you. Just pray this with, with me as I, as I pray. Just, just, just allow it to be your prayer. Dear Jesus Christ, come into my life. Lord, through your spirit, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and take my mess and turn it into your message. Take my pain and turn it into a great purpose. And, and, and Lord, be my life from this day forward. Lord, we give you all the credit for the years we've had so far. And we thank you that it's not about yesterday. It's about today and what you're doing in our lives today. And the best, the best is yet to come. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and we pray it for his sake and for his glory. And everyone said a big amen. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.